You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. What's going on, everybody? Happy Tuesday. Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. It's 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Matt Miguez here. Producer extraordinaire slash the co-host with the most slash the man with the plan slash the Celtics, you know, connoisseur super fan. There it is. Mr. James Mesh. James, happy Tuesday, my guy. How are you? Oh, I'm great after that win last night. It was it was such a good game. It really was. The Celtics played well. Did I not call that Jason Tatum would get fouled out? You did. You did. You did call it. I was surprised at how quick, how early he found out. The f- I, I told you they he got to five by the end, pretty much by the end of the third quarter, early fourth. So when, he had to sit the next eight minutes. When he fouled out with two minutes left, and it was a what was it a three point game at the time? Yeah, it was. It was yeah within a possession. I said, uh oh. Yeah, I was like, oh, I knew it. I was getting pissed because I was like, we it's it's right there. Just sweep them. Just get it over with. Right. But no, man, they they held on. They held on, what was it, 116, 112? Yes. Was the final. Very impressive. Um, and and now, you know, you got people calling for Steve Nash's head. I don't know if that's the right move. Well, that's the thing is uh, either the GM or somebody up with the Nets. Before the game even happened, I saw a notification saying, Nets will stick with Steve Nash, even with the struggling series. As as they should. I mean, you got to think about it. You didn't have Kyrie Irving for three-fourths of the year. If that team is fully together all year, not to mention now you add Ben Simmons into the fold. If he ever figures some, if um, he ever figures it out. If, if he ever decides that he wants to play basketball. Um, I mean, dude, that's a 55-win team. That that's a fifty-five win basketball team right there, if, if they can figure it out. And if they stay relatively healthy, it could be a sixty-win team. And if you think that Steve Nash is the problem, Lord Almighty, because he's not. At least they looked at what the Lakers did and said, "Let's not do that." I don't know what we did differently today, but I, I can't see you. The camera is blocking me from from making eye contact with you. I don't know. I don't know how we're set up differently today, but I'm not enjoying this. I slightly moved it. I don't know what the problem oh, is. Good job, good job. Well, I, I, I'm gonna have to work on it during the break. Um, yeah, I, I heard I heard some clips from the the Nets press conference post game, and Kyrie was basically calling himself a co-owner. He was talking about the struggles of managing the franchise along with their owner and GM, like Bud. You play basketball. You shouldn't be... You see, that's the problem. You shouldn't be managing anything. You think the earth is flat. My guy. No, You should not be making business decisions. Put the ball in the hoop. That's your job. Make everybody around you better. That's your job. You see Kevin Durant trying to make business decisions? No. 
because he understands his place. He steps on a court, scores 40, and does it consistently. Like, that's your job. Why do you you think the Lakers are so bad? Because LeBron's trying to be player, coach, and owner. It doesn't work. It's just... There's a reason that baseball got away from player coaches. In case you didn't know, that's why baseball managers wear jerseys. I've always, with, I've always, with, I was always wondering, like, what's the point in that? Because back in the day, your coach used to also play. It was a player coach. And so to honor the tradition of the game, coaches wear uniforms with a number. So, yeah, education lesson right there in case you, you didn't know. There is a there is a I guess you could say breaking news because it just happened, but it's okay. not, it's nothing huge. Uh, okay. The Chargers have signed former Saint offensive lineman Will Clapp. Uh, I did see yesterday that they were close to a deal. I did see that, so that that's not surprising. Um, that's one less LSU player on the team, right? Now the Saints are at zero currently, if mm. I'm not mistaken. Yeah, you know. Now. This isn't Acadiana-related, but I, I do find that, that this is very interesting. Um, Holy Cross High School in, in New Orleans has relieved Andy Cananzaro from his duties as head coach days before their playoff series against Archbishop Shaw. He was, this was his third year second year as a coach at Holy Cross and he spent before that he spent a year at Mississippi State where he was fired after a year for inappropriate relations off the field was let go of Mississippi State got hired by Holy Cross High School and now two years into his tenure at Holy Cross let go out of the blue Right, right before, right before a playoff series. So, I mean, I'm not gonna, you know, make assumptions and you know, point fingers, but something probably happened. And it's not some that, like, as opposed to other coaches that were let go recently in the area. This one is still during the season. This is right before a postseason game or a postseason series. You're not. You're not going to fire your coach or let go of somebody before a big playoff series unless it's some serious. Right. So there's def- it's definitely nothing to sweep under the rug. And so th- this is another uh, topic that I've, that I've found interesting. The Yankees have been one of the biggest accusers of the Astros' sign-stealing scandal, correct? Yes. A couple months ago... There was a letter regarding a sign-stealing scandal with the Yankees that they wanted to try to cover up. Well, a federal judge said, no, it's not going to be covered up. It needs to be released. Well, this morning, the MLB released the letter. Apparently, Major League Baseball quietly fined the New York Yankees $100,000 in 2017 for using their replay room and dugout phone to steal their opponent's signs during the 2015 and 2016 video in what Commissioner Robert Manfred 
described as a material violation of rules governing the replay room. I heard Joe Girardi, who was their manager at the time, explain the way it worked. Basically, they took the the signal would go from the replay room to the dugout phone to the base runner. And so the base runner could anticipate what the plan was and either steal or, or, or whatever. So kind of similar to what the Astros were doing. Very illegal, very wrong. However, here, here, here's my takeaway from all of this. You can't crap on another franchise for doing something wrong if you did it too. You have no room to talk. None at all. That's like that's like somebody going, oh, well, you know, it sucks that you lost the championship, but I've never won one either. But you're the loser. Right, but you suck. Like, excuse me? No, that's so not how this works. If you... If the Astros stole signs, which they did, call it cheating, whatever, and the Yankees wanted Aaron Judge sat there in a press conference and said, oh, their World Series title is tainted, blah, blah, blah. Bro, you're just mad that they took you out of it in the process. That's all it is. You're the one that got caught first. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm better than you because I was this much better at hiding it than you were. No. As if you, you, oh man, I hate, I hate the Yankees. I hate the Yankees. I do. I hate the Yankees. I hate the Red Sox. I I hate them. And the fact that, you know, people know that, like, my, my fiance says that all the time. When you think about pro baseball, you think of the Red Sox and the Yankees. And I hate that. I hate that. Why? Why don't you think about the Cubs? Why don't you think about the Dodgers, the Braves, the Astros? God, for five names' sake, think about the Mariners. You know, slightly in passing. The Cardinals. Like, there's so much more to pro baseball than just the Yankees and the Red Sox. The Mets. The Mets. God, they're awful. <laughs> they're they're Man, doing as, well, as they're doing well as, right now. As bad as it sounds, even the Orioles. The Orioles. The Or, as, as, as I've heard people say, the OEOs. Yeah, because the OEOs. Yeah. OEOs. Um, so, yeah, in, in closing, the Yankees cheated, mm-hmm. the Red Sox cheated, the Astros cheated. Yet the Astros won a World Series. Just, <laughs> just putting that in the, Just got to put that out there. In the space. Right. And, and take it how you will. Um, Ghostros forever. Just gonna just gonna throw that out there as well. Some quick little housekeeping to uh to get to. Carly Heath was named the Sunbelt Conference Softball Player of the Week today. I wrote a an article about that. It is up on our social medias as well as our website. So you can check that out, 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. LSU 
plays UNO tonight at Maystreet Field in New Orleans. First pitch is set for 6.30, and you can hear it here on the game. Astros and Rangers, game two of that series. Tough loss last night for the Astros. They will play at 7.05, and you can catch it on our sister station, News Talk 98.5. Poll question of the day, of course, the Pelicans game five tonight at the Footprint Center. What a odd name for an arena. Um, will the Pelicans take a 3-2 lead over the Suns tonight and come back home Thursday with a shot to finish it off? So far, 54% of you say yes, 39% say no, and 7% says who cares? Who 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 cares? I've seen a few comments before. I, yeah, remember, I remember somebody saying, what did they say? It's okay to not it was be like, a well, well, what's your favorite? What's your favorite part of this weekend? And that was whenever it came up with the golf tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I think Cajun spring game. Yeah, I think, and and another option then like who cares, and nope. and that was from that was from the morning, and someone someone had said, no more basketball, no more basketball. It was like why do you hate basketball? This man hates basketball. This man hates basketball. And it's that's so sad. There's no I don't I don't have a good reason as why you would hate it. That's I don't I don't get it either. Why you Dude. why you hate. Basketball's, One of America's new pastimes. Basketball is an amazing sport. It's an absolutely amazing sport. Take a time out right here. And when we return, we've got some audio from the press conference yesterday with Rage and Cajun's head baseball coach, Mr. Matt Deggs. We'll bring you that. At 430, we'll talk some Pels. We'll dive deep into this before game five tonight at nine o'clock. Pels after dark on TNT here on the game 1037 Lafayette 1041 Lake Charles is Southwest Louisiana Sports Station Got something to say to Miguez and Mesh? Hell yeah! It's easy. Just call the hotline by dialing 337-706-0111. Now back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The Greater Acadiana Heart Walk will take place this Saturday, April 30th at River Ranch. Festivities begin at 8 a.m. and the non-competitive walk begins at 9.15. For more information, visit greateracadianaheartwalk.org or contact Donna Ashcraft at donna.ashcraft at heart.org. Man, words are hard. Words are are hard to, to come by sometimes, but it's okay. Figured it out. All good. Matt Miguez, James Mesh, welcome back to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. As always, the game hotline is open 337-706-0111. We'd love to get you in on the show. Have you talk about the Pels, Saints, Cajuns, Tigers, Astros, whatever your heart desires. Once again, 337-706-0111. And in Acadiana, you can watch us on the simulcast stadium 32.3 and channel 133 on LUS fiber hotline ringing. Wallace calls into the show. Wallace, how's it going? I am doing all right. Just got off of work. That's good, man. What's, what you got? Um, I was calling because I called last when y'all was talking about it last week about the Pelicans. Uh, and, uh, and I told you I called in and told y'all that I don't think they would be making the playoffs, not making the playoffs, making it to the second round. Right. They're making me a firm believer. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're making a lot of firm believers out of people. 
and they're making me a firm believer this year. I think they might be able to do it. It's all gonna. It's all gonna depend on the night. I mean, I, I think that if if they give up tonight, I think it's gonna be a struggle. If it goes seven games, and you have to go back to Phoenix. I don't know if they could win it, but um, if they win tonight, then yeah, I'm I'm pretty confident. And y'all saying Will Clap went to uh, the Chargers? The Chargers, correct. All right. Uh, I was wondering because uh, I heard something about it, but they didn't tell me what team it was. Yeah, Will Will Clap right, signed with you. the Chargers. Thanks, Wallace. Appreciate you. Will Clapp going to the Chargers. Got the Pelicans game five. LSU baseball. The Cajuns baseball coming this weekend. They've got a, a strange no midweek game week. That's uh that's pretty abnormal in college baseball, but I guarantee you that they're not complaining. Yesterday we met with Matt Deggs, and he actually spoke about breaks in the schedule over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, uh, well, today's off. Uh, we've got finals coming up. Uh, tomorrow, I would like to take off. They're probably going to outvote me. I mean, th- this is a good team, too, in the fact that they get mad if we don't practice. And uh, But they sometimes i got to protect them from them. So we'll probably try to get them tomorrow off, but we'll get in the, the RPC, the, the weight room. Uh, and... Uh, Wednesday is going to be a long inner squad. It'll be like a game uh, because there's a lot of guys. Our bullpen was relatively, thank goodness, not used a whole lot. And there were some guys left at home, too, that can throw. Uh, we could probably put together nine innings on Wednesday. We'll see how it goes. And then uh, we'll lift on Thursday morning and, and uh, head out to, to uh, App State, which that'll be a huge test. Uh, they play good over there, and, and they're well-coached, and they got the lefty from last year. and I mean, they're a good ball club. I, I don't care what the record says. Those games are more dangerous than us to us right now than LSU. He's talking about how games against teams like App State are, are more dangerous than their loss to LSU last week by the score of 8-4. to four. Speaking further on that LSU loss, I got to ask Matt Deggs if he thought that the LSU loss motivated them to their series sweep over the weekend against Georgia State. I don't know that it did. Uh, we're 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 so day to day. There was some ugly words exchanged, <laughs> uh, you know. And this team has always responded to tough talk and and challenges and. Uh, not all of them will, but this team does. They're a little bit different. They're tough, uh, and they like it sometimes, and they need it. And uh, it was good to see them have the practice, really, that practice we had there. We, we had a simulated game and a uh, coach-pitch game, and uh, I don't even think we had water for most of it. I don't even know that water was out there, was, was there? I mean, it was. Uh, we just got after it. And uh, finally, I think we got some water out there, but – uh, we're just tough-minded kids. That, you know, don't, it doesn't take a whole lot to make these dudes happy. The Cajuns are absolutely reeling in the month of April, looking at a, only four losses in, in the last, you know, 15 games, 11 and four in, in, the, month of, in the month of April. Absolutely peaking at the right time for, for Matt Deggs and his staff. 
the the question is now though you start to look at metrics a little too much you start to look at the rpi you start to look at the strength of schedule especially in a conference like the sun belt where more times than not it's a one bid league if you don't win the conference tournament unless you have a you know ridiculous season if you don't win the conference tournament you're not making the postseason so but now in, in this year's situation the sun belt is the fifth best conference in college baseball they're going to have multi multiple teams make the postseason the Cajuns obviously the goal is to win the Sunbelt Conference Tournament however they know that with the metrics that they have put together they have an outside shot to get an at-large bid here's coach Deggs talking about making the postseason on metrics alone that would be interesting you know a fourth rated non-conference schedule uh, winning road record uh, get to you know, being over 500 Q1, Q2. We need a couple of our opponents to work their way back into Q1. And it's be very appealing. And then for a school like us, uh, and, you know, just, I hate to use the word mid-major, but the way we finish will be important, uh, you know, taking that into account. But our goal is always to win the league and uh, have a chance to host and, and, and uh, you know, have a chance to win a regional and take that next step. Uh, which I this team could do some crazy stuff, uh, but this team can also do some crazy stuff. So in case you missed it, this team can do some crazy stuff. A very talented group, reeling at the right time. Last clip I'm going to play is is Matt Deggs talking about his confidence level in this team with 15 games to go. They're tough, man. They're tough-minded, and they're they're some of the best finishers I've had in a long time. Like, if you really watch them, they finish. They finish series. Uh, you know, they they finish. Uh, just y'all don't get to see what I see in workouts and in the weight room, and uh, they just they finish strong at everything, and uh, they have a big passion for this game, and they love to compete and. Plus, they're really athletic, man. They do some good stuff. I mean, yesterday was like a video game just with what I was calling, and it was bang, bang, bang. It's been a long time since you've been, uh, you know, I've been able to do all that stuff. And we've had more than one game like that this year. Talking about being able to finish series, the Cajuns haven't lost a Sunday game, game three of a series, since March 20th when they were swept by Troy to open Sunbelt play. They've won every Sunday game since then. That is one, two, three, four, five. Five straight series that they have won the Sunday game. That's actually five straight series wins for Louisiana. They haven't lost a series since they got swept by Troy to open Sunbelt Conference play. The Cajuns will travel to Boone, North Carolina this weekend for a three-game set against App State. App State's it's an interesting dynamic. Uh, their, their record's not great, but they've had some close games against some good competition, and Boone is one hell of a place to play. It is difficult. It is a small park. The climate and the atmosphere is brutal. It, it's going to be a challenge for sure. Uh, but a, but a couple wins on the road will go a long way, you know, for those metrics as as you get into May here this coming week. Five o'clock on Friday, two o'clock on Saturday, and twelve noon 
on Sunday. Once again, Louisiana sitting at 23 and 16 on the year, 12 and 6 in the Sun Belt, currently riding a three-game winning streak. We'll take a timeout, and when we return, James Mesh and I will talk some Pelicans. Game five tonight between the Pelicans and the Suns from the Footprint Center. They're going to get rowdy in the Valley tonight. Here on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Had a rough day at work? Got lady problems? Not to worry, because you have two wingmen right here. You can be my wingman anytime. Now back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Here on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, wants to take you out to the ball game with our latest Astros weekend getaway. Houston Astros take on the Texas Rangers on Saturday, May 21st, and you can be there. Register in the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com to score four tickets, a ballpark tour, and hotel accommodations that Saturday night. Astros weekend getaways are powered by Butcher AC, Le Meridian Houston downtown, and the game, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Matt Miguez, James Mesh, 35 minutes after 4 o'clock here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Pelicans game five tonight, Western Conference quarterfinals. Our poll question of the day is, will the Pels take a 3-2 series lead over the Suns? So far, 57% say yes, 36% say no, and I've got 7% saying who cares. Got two comments on Facebook, one from Robert Duplichin. I think they will, but I am always skeptical of the Pels. Right when you start to believe, they let you down. That is the life of a Pelicans fan. I was going to say, that's a, very, that's a very fair point to make. That is the life of a Pelicans fan. I go back to 2018 when the Pelicans you know, snuck into the playoffs as the eighth seed. And everybody was like, oh my God, we're in the playoffs. And then you played the Golden State Warriors. We also, they, we also got Ton on Twitter. He just commented. Yeah, I saw that. They saw I saw that. He said, uh, Pels go up 3-2. CP3 looks tired and not used to being stood up to. Jay is a pansy that flops more <laughs> than a fish out of water. Oh, and let's not forget tonight's ref crew. Yep, Scott Foster. Who is the ref crew tonight? I, I believe I believe it's Scott Foster. Because we, we had talked about it yesterday, Scott yeah. Foster being the Celtics. Yeah. And we talked about that... Uh, that flight Let's from see. from from uh, Brooklyn to Phoenix. Oh no, dude! It's even worse for the Pels. Scott Foster's not in it. Oh, it's not Scott. No, someone lied. But David Guthrie is. Oh no, David Guthrie, Courtney Kirkland, Carl Lane, and J.B. DeRosa. No, 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 no. I'd rather Scott Foster. Oh, no. Okay. Well, you know, win some, you lose some. Just going to have to just gonna have to figure it out. But no, Ton also commented, so his first post, he said, a pansy that flops more than a fush out of water. So then he comes back and says, fish out of water. At Elon Musk, can we have an edit button now? Yes, please, for the love of God. James and I were talking earlier 
about Elon and, and an edit button. James and James brought up a good point. You know, what if Elon Le- leaves it like regular how it would be? Right. But if you want that edit button, you pay for it. You got to pay for it, like a two ninety nine or a four ninety nine. I'm telling you right now, monthly I would, fee. I would pay for it. I would pay for it. I mess up so many tweets. I I would one hundred percent pay for it. No question about it. I don't know. I'm just I'm not a big fee guy. It's like right now I, I pay two ninety nine for Twitter Blue, and basically what Twitter Blue is is it's ad free articles. Um, you can post videos that are up to ten minutes long, and then when you post a tweet, it sits there for like a minute, and you can you can reread it and like proofread it, and if you messed up. There's an undo button where you can just undo it and then rewrite it. Which is nice because you can double check your tweets before you post them, right? However, I'd rather an edit button. An edit button seems more more plausible and just seems more helpful in, in my eyes. I don't know. I'm just not a big fee guy. Like, yeah. I the only fee that I really pay right now is technically still my PlayStation Plus account. Oh my god, did you did you see that? Did you see what they announced? No. They're revamping PlayStation Plus. Okay, we're getting off topic here, but you brought me I have to share. So PlayStation Plus is going to be in three tiers now. Okay. You're going to have Essential Plus and Deluxe. Mhm. So Essential is what you have now. You know, the $10 a month, 60 for the year. Whatever. I was going to say, I think I still do the 60 a year. And then the Plus or, or whatever, Deluxe or whatever it's called, is going to be Essential plus a catalog of 400 free games that you can download to your console. That's going to be, I think it's 100 for the year. Interesting. Hmm. And then the third one is... The first two tiers plus, like, uh, exclusive access to demos and something something else. And it's like 120 for the year. I don't think I need all that. I barely even get on my PlayStation. And it, it's launching in June. I don't know. Oh, need- so it's PlayStation Plus Essential, PlayStation Plus Extra, and PlayStation Plus Premium. Hmm. Oh, that's what it was. It's all the b- benefits from Essential and Extra, plus 340 additional games, including PS3 games and a catalog of beloved classic PS1, PS2, and PSP games. Oh, that's interesting. Probably won't buy that, though. Uh, I barely get on my PlayStation as if. That's too much for me. So the fact that I do that yearly is a... Uh, it's a no-brainer, though, because you're either going to pay $10 a month or you're going to pay 60 for the year. It's yeah. half the price to pay it for the year. Yeah. It's a no-brainer. Uh, but that and Spotify, pretty much it. I don't have a Netflix. Uh, for our phone plan, we have an HBO Max account. That's the I only mooch, reason we have that. I mooch off my mom for Netflix, HBO Max, Paramount Plus. I mooch off my sister for her Disney Plus account. My mom mooches off of me for Disney Plus, so <laughs> I, I I pay for that. Um, so I, the only the only fee that I pay for is PlayStation and my right. Spotify. That's right. it. Yep. So I'm not. I wouldn't be big on getting a James Mesh. Not a fee person. Button. 
Nope, not huge on fees. Not 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 huge on spending with money. With how with how young I am, I'm trying to unless, save as much as I can. Unless it's a Harlem Globetrotters game, then all bets are off. Yeah, then all bets are off. All bets are off. All the money's gonna be thrown or, out. Or if it's a it's a cool Yu-Gi-Oh product that I like. Right, right. But going to Pels. So yeah, let's let's, let's get back to the Pelicans. Brandon Ingram is averaging thirty points a game in the playoffs. Are you kidding me? He's insane right now. The dude is a god. I, I read, I, I looked at his his point totals in the first four games against the Suns. He scored eighteen in game one. Okay, not bad, right? Yeah, not bad. Thirty seven. Yep. In game two, and then thirty four. Thirty four in game three, and then thirty in game four. Excuse me. What? <laughs> Who are you? Yeah, because that would that would be like 20, 29.8. 29, it's 29.8. Oh, there you go. It is. It is 29.8. Yeah, because I was like, that's not a full 120. Mr. Technical. But here's, here's an interesting thing. I was thing. doing the math in my head. What can I say? Here's an interesting thing. You want to know who's leading the team in blocks? Herb. Wrong. Jackson. Wrong. Keep trying. Is it B.I.? Wrong. Uh, Jose. Wrong. God, oh, this is fun. It's not CJ. It is CJ. It is CJ. <laughs> it is CJ. Technically, if you want to get technical, CJ and Herb are tied. So I was not I wasn't wrong the first but time around. If you look on ESPN on the team leaders under blocks, it says CJ McCollum. At okay. 0.8 blocks a game. Probably because of his name. Because it's, it's alphabet. Well, may, maybe so, but still. Herb Jones, so he and CJ are averaging 0.8 blocks a game. Brandon Ingram averaging half a block. Let's see, Jackson averaging half a block. Uh, your turnover leader. Who would you say? Who would you say is your turnover leader? CJ. B.I. It is B.I.? Okay. Three. Three turnovers a game. CJ, I thought so because he has the ball a lot in his hand. CJ at two and a half. Where's Jonas when it comes to that? Because I can't see those. Turnovers two and a half. Uh, he is your rebounding leader, though. It's 16 rebounds a game. Oh, of course. Or that's that's absurd. And CJ is your assist leader at 5.8 per game. Do the Pelicans win tonight? You want my prediction now? Well, I'm not not really looking for like a prediction prediction, but like, okay, so let me ask you this. Let, let me let me phrase it like this. If you're Willie Green, mm-hmm. what's your message to the team? Like, what's what's the goal for tonight? Outside of the obvious, of course. Yes, yeah. Uh, I wasn't gonna go there, but my thought is, I mean, you kind of got to continue what you did last game. You got you got to keep Jackson out there a lot more. Keep him at the four because having him as an athletic four at his height is really nice, especially on the fast break. Because he's act, he's actually able to finish really well with that. You and with him and a mix of Jonas together can slow down DeAndre. Yeah, and and you don't have to really worry about Javale all that much. The fact that he went seven for seven last game shocks Seems like me an because yeah, it, right. it does. Like that's not something I'm super worried about. So as long as Jackson doesn't get ejected, I feel good. You keep Herb and Jose with a mix 
going back and forth on covering Chris Paul. Yeah. And you just kind of let B.I. and C.J. do their thing on offense. You think Chris Paul has a revenge game tonight? I mean, he only scored four points. Uh, he's got. He's gonna. He's gonna easily hit double digits. I, I think he. I think he'll get to sixteen or seventeen. I don't think he's gonna blow it up and have a nineteen point fourth quarter like he did game three. I hope not. I'm yeah. not there, so who knows? That yeah, probably won't happen. I was gonna say you really. I'm the, I'm the curse. Apparently, you really are. You and five names just combined for just L's across the board. And that's fun. It's funny you say that because Ray texted me Friday night after the game and said, "Why you make the Pelicans lose?" Yeah. Sounds about right. I don't. It just coincidental, and and you know the the Cajuns lose when I'm there, yep. and whatever, man. You're it's, out here texting. Got this. Hey. Give up five in the ninth. <laughs> Hot old takes exposed. Oh man. Uh, oh man. <laughs> can we put those back? Can we put those can, files back? Can we? Can we? Can we put that up, please? For the Suns, looking at their statistics, Devin Booker was averaging 28 points before he went down. He's still the team's average leader. DeAndre Ayton at 20.5. Chris Paul at 19.8. Interesting number, though. Chris Paul is averaging 12 assists a game. Yeah. That's a lot. 12 assists a game? That's high for your average. Yeah. Well, 12, I mean, is... He's always averaging in the regular season nine or ten, so he's play. He's gonna play more because it's the playoffs. You need your stars to play the most that they can. So yeah. you usually see a bump in points per game if you're a star. So 12, 12 makes a lot of sense. Chris Paul's also averaging two steals a game. Well, actually, one point eight, one point eight steals a game, and then DeAndre Ayton at a block and a half. What I want to see from CJ is that was weird. Yeah. What I want to see from CJ is, I guess, more consistent shooting. Absolutely. Because Absolutely. You, look, you look at his numbers, and it's like he got 30, but he was 9 of 24. And it's like I look at Brandon, and he's 10 of 18. I get that it's, it's, it's not – it's also kind of an anomaly that you don't see somebody shoot 50 or above 50 per game. You see around the the league average is about 40, 42%. Yeah. But seeing mid to low 30s is kind of like, I need you to make some more buckets and or potentially take less shots. I mean, game one, he was 9 for 25. Yeah. Game two, he was 7 for 18. Which isn't bad. I'll take the 7 for 18. 6 of 10 from 3. Yeah. Uh, game three, he was 11 for 23. That one's all right. I'll, we'll definitely take that. Uh, with four almost, with four threes, he was four of eleven from the three point line, and then game four, eight of twenty one, two of nine from three. Yeah, like that's got to be better. Ga- game one and game four, it's like the four for eleven from three. That's not bad. I, it's not terrible. Six of ten is great. Six, of t- yeah, six of ten is great. But two, two of nine and three of eight, I need you to make a few more threes than that. But if, if if Even, you're going to shoot that many. I was going to say, if you're going to take 20 to 23 to 25, I I need you to make double digits. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Pelicans will look to take a 3-2 lead back to New Orleans tonight. Tip-off is at 9 o'clock from the Footprint Center in Phoenix. 
and you can watch it live. Still a weird name on TNT. Yeah, you know, let me while we're while we're talking about it. What is footprint? What is plant-based fiber technology and material science? We got scientists. It is a material science company that is focused on reducing or eliminating single-use plastics through the developing through the development and manufacturing of revolutionary technologies. So plastic elimination is what they're working on. There you go. I I like that. I guess destroying the carbon footprint. Ooh. Footprint. There you go. There you go. There it is. Take a time out right here. When we return, wrap up hour number one. Get you set for hour number two. It's crunch time with me, Gaz and Mesh. And it's on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. From the Louisiana Raging Cajuns to the latest with the New Orleans Saints and Pelicans. Miguez and Mesh cover it all. I'm not worried. Uh, I think it's something that I can get under control. Now back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with a $50 gift certificate to Richard's Seafood Patio in Abbeville. Richard's has some of the best boiled crawfish, but did you know that they also have boiled shrimp, boiled crabs, both fried and grilled seafood options, burgers, steaks, Pull boys and a seafood buffet. God dead don't. Now I'm hungry. Go sign up for the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com for a chance to score a $50 gift certificate to Richard's Seafood Patio in Abbeville. Matt Miguez, James Mesh, welcome back to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. In case you were confused about where the name came from. There it is. Got about three minutes before we get out of hour number one. Will the Pelicans take a 3-2 lead over the Suns? 59% of you say yes. 35% of you say no. I've got 5% saying who cares. I love that. I love that people don't care. You should be opinionated. You should say that you don't care about said topic. Why are we making that an option? <laughs> no, I, I, I'm saying you should. You should be able to. What? Not care? Right. Well, yeah. You're, you're entitled to not care, which is why we make it an option, because we, we care about your you feelings not, and what you have to say. We care about you not caring. We, we care about you not caring. Absolutely. Absolutely. Preview for the 5 o'clock hour. I've got a one-on-one interview with Matt Dex. That'll be fun. And then at 5.30, we're introducing a brand new segment that's going to go down every Tuesday. It's some Astros talk. James, where, where, where are we taking the listener? To the moon. To the moon, baby. We're going to fly you to the moon. See, that was pretty good. That wasn't bad. That, that was pretty bad. good. I, I was I, could, I was actually about to do it, but then I was like, you know what? I, I I'll let be, him. I'll I could let him Frank, handle that. I could be Frank Sinatra. That's I I, I could be a Frank Sinatra impersonator. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, Astros playing tonight against the Rangers, 705 first pitch, and you can hear it on News Talk 985. 
and then the LSU Fighting Tigers will play UNO tonight from May Street Field in New Orleans. First pitch is set for 6.30, and you can hear it live on the game. Pre-game will begin as soon as we get off the air. The Tigers looking to make it five straight after taking down Louisiana last week, 8-4, to four, and then a three-game sweep of Mizzou. Man, three-game sweep of Mizzou. That's that's special. James, you should have brought your broom today, man. Oh, I forgot to grab it from the... You should have brought your broom. Front. I forgot. What you what you doing? It's upsetting. It is upsetting. It's very upsetting. Once again, talking about the Tigers, 27-12 and 12 on the year, 10-8 and 8 in, the sun, in the SEC, finally over that 500 mark. Once again, four-game win streak. They're 21-5 at Alex Box Stadium. How... How have they played 26 home games and only 10 games on the road? It's like McNeese. They've only played four games on the road so far. Four or five, I think. Uh, if even that. That's that's unreal. Absolutely unreal. Our number one has come and gone in the blink of an eye. Our number two is going to be just as fun. So hang around. Other side of this top of the hour sports update. Here on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Hour number two. Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Matt Miguez, producer extraordinaire, James Mesh. Pels play tonight, Astros play tonight, Tigers play tonight. I mean, what more could you ask for in the sports world? The Raging Cajuns have an odd week this week, no weeknight game for them, coming off that three-game sweep of Georgia State and diving into their three-game series this coming weekend with the Mountaineers of Appalachian State. Yesterday after the weekly Monday press conference, I got to have a conversation with Matt Deggs talking about the series against Georgia State, the game against LSU, the success of the team as a whole over the last couple of weeks, really, you know, like I said earlier, peaking at the right time with a month left to go. And one of the one of the more important topics that we covered is how RPI and the metrics of it all is going to factor into their opportunities for postseason play here at the end of end of May, beginning of June. So here is my one-on-one conversation with Raging Cajuns head baseball coach, Matt Dex. The the game against LSU, like like you said, it was ugly. That that fifth that five run inning was was the difference. But then the team responded well against Georgia State on the road. Yeah. Talk talk about the week as a whole. And we've done that pretty much all year. Uh you know, I did uh or I, I felt like that game against LSU could have been won offensively. And, uh, you know, it wasn't real good for us. I uh, got generous in one inning. And, uh, you know, so we, we had to adjust some things and adjust our mindset a little bit. And, and the boys did and, and uh, caught a real early, early flight out of here and, and uh, or out of New Orleans and got there, had a great practice Thursday morning. And, uh, Got our minds right and uh, got ready to go and responded pretty good. 
Friday against the Friday against the Panthers was a five four win. Talk about Jake Hammond coming in in those in those bottom three innings and really just sealing the deal. Yeah, he, Jake's been real hot lately. I mean, he's got really good numbers and and uh, for a guy that started a little slow. And, and the thing about Jake is we don't hit him uh, in practice or leading up to the season. Uh, but he was missing, right? And there was some just some stuff that you can't do late in ball games as far as freebies. And so he kind of had to work and wait and and. Uh, you know, his number was called again, and he was ready for it. And, and uh, he was just a different guy. I'd watched him get better and better. But against ULM, he was a different guy. There was a fifth gear in there. And uh, he was able to sustain that again this weekend. Chat with Raging Cajuns head coach Matt Deggs. Coach Connor Kimple hit leadoff for the series, hit 400 for the series with six base hits, two home runs, including the game-winning run Friday night. And he had four RBIs on the weekend. Talking walk, – Walk us through the decision-making process of him hitting leadoff. Well, he's done it before for us, and uh, I like the the uh, strength and speed aspect of that up top. Now, I went to Debo against LSU. I was wanting to get him going a little bit, and, uh, you know, it just didn't work. Not that he can't hit leadoff. He could hit anywhere. He's a lot like Blake Trahan in that respect. He hit one through nine. But uh, Kemp was a kid that I had in there originally, and uh, – Went back to it, and uh, it just it kind of fell in our lap, you know. When the bottom of the order works as well as it did over the weekend, uh, especially Jew, when Jew swings the bat, everything kind of goes, and they just kept panning the ball off to Kim, and uh, you know it was uh, it worked out, but it wasn't. Uh, you know, I, I just think it's the way the game played out. I don't know how much of it was what I did or anybody did. It just kind of worked out, and uh, he was able to come up big a couple of times, two or three times. And and you know what? To his credit, he also has a a push safety uh, that that scores a big run there. So uh, he he's playing at a high level right now. Jacob Schultz and Jeff Wilson both going complete games Saturday Sunday. Only giving up five runs between the two, striking out 12, 14 batters total. Getting that consistency in the pitching rotation, how has that you know, helped both their performances and the team as a whole? Well, I think we're learning that they can stay out there a lot longer than you may want to give them credit for. And when I say you, I'm talking about myself. And uh, they get better as the game goes. And... Uh, you know, once Schultz did what he did, which I thought he could do just watching Friday's uh, game, I thought he'd be a good matchup. Uh, I thought for sure Jeff Wilson, when he if he gets a slider going and he can get that two seam running in on him, uh, I thought it, it might be a long day for him. And uh, he was able to execute a bunch of good pitches. You know, this team has always been. You, you've said it multiple times. You know, this is some of the best finishers that, that you've ever had. But it feels like, especially as of late, this team is learning how to win those tight games. Yeah. Do, do, are you guys seeing that as a coaching staff? As well, well, yeah, I don't know that we can define it so much as that. But, uh, you know, a lot of what we were lacking early was experience and knowing how to win and that that expectation to win, which is a powerful, powerful thing. And you can teach that in a classroom setting and, and you can you can make it a point of emphasis and you know we can work 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 and put them in those situations but until you actually do it against a team with another jersey on 
uh, it's, those are two different things. And the more you do it, it the seemingly, uh, even though it's not, it appears to become easier. And that's just because of that expectation and guys play bigger than they are. And, uh, that's what you're seeing, you know, at the start of the year. And really offensively, I'm talking, you know, we didn't have a lot of just successful, experienced guys. Even Rocco, you know, I think he'd be the first to tell you as a good freshman year, it wasn't great. You know, it's uh, TR, good first year here, it wasn't great. Uh, Marshawn, there's a potential first, second rounder, but he's never really, uh, but now he is. And so, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a lot of on-the-job on the learning. And, uh, you know, I think we're a different team to – we can try to pinpoint whatever, but I think you could go back, and I haven't done it, but I just guess what's our record with Marshock since he's been back. It's a different ball club. Yep, absolutely. Chatting with Coach Deggs here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Now, you mentioned in the press conference, finals week is coming up for for the players. I'm a student as well, so I'm, I'm dealing with the same thing. What are the conversations like for maybe getting some midweek games? Because I know at the beginning of the season you talked about wanting to play a full 56-game season. Is, is there talks about getting a midweek game scheduled? Here if it's the weeks? right opponent. It's got to be the right opponent. Uh, and I said it twice today. Look, I wish this computerized ranking and all of this would go away. And we were in the business, the true business, of developing future professionals uh, in life and on the field. And to do that, you need a you need a much broader schedule. We should play five times a week, uh, and uh, you you need to be able to develop without consequence. And I would love to play a hundred of these things. That's just the way I'm wired, uh, and I think these boys would too. But now you're in a you're at a point in your schedule where you have a chance to parlay some you know early bumps into something pretty good. And I think you got to be smart about it. Now, Coach, looking at the bottom of your order, Werner and Conan and Julian Brock especially, coming up big this weekend, how crucial was that in terms of, you know, the 14-run game on Sunday, you know, really just stringing those runs and hits together? The bottom of the order kind of made us go. And and uh, Julian was in the mix all weekend. And, you know, I, I posed the question to you guys last week, who do you want to see at second? You went with Warner, man, so hats off to you. And I, I listened, and uh, he played good, uh, good defense, tough at bats. Uh, you know, I thought Hood had a good weekend. You know, I, I don't think we've talked enough about the two throws that he made to the plate yesterday, which were just – those were backbreakers. And uh, Julian doing a good job deking the runner and being able to hold on to both of them. Uh, but anytime the bottom plays like that, then you start to really stretch that thing, and it looks like it just keeps going. Coach, this weekend a, a lot of people noticed that less runners were getting stranded on base. You know, it, it's, it almost seemed, I, I hate to use the word more conservative, but it seemed like it was more conservative in, in the base running approach. Was there a change in the offensive strategy for this weekend? Uh, or was it just smarter play? Well, we still had, you know, we got 
we had about five base running mistakes this weekend. You know, Debo getting doubled off a second. We got Rock making the second out at second with a runner in front of him. That is a cardinal rule for us. Uh, we don't still from second base on a double squeeze, making out at the plate. The, I mean, there's a, some little subtle things in there. I think the ballpark was probably a product of, and their catcher throws the ball pretty good. Their ballpark, too, is a product of probably the way you saw us play some, too. Is, uh, not, I'm okay getting some guys extinguished at certain times, but uh, not when we have a chance to run the ball out of there. Got two more for you, Coach. What's what's the latest on uh, on Blake Marshall? Do we, do we see him this year, or has it kind of reached a point where? I think you still could. I, I, you know, it's it hasn't been smooth. Uh but it's been steady, and uh, you know I think that's something that's got to play itself out and see what if he can get close, what he'd want to do, and I'm going to assume that that's pitch, knowing him. And then lastly, Trey Lafleur, kind of a similar question. Now that he's back fully with, with this team, what what's going to be his role going forward? Is it going to be more mound dominant, or? Well, he's not ready to pitch, and. Uh, the, the issue with Trey is going to be, like, the bat's going to have to really be there because uh, right now, without him being able to throw, you have to DH him. Now what are we going to do with Connor? And that's when the defense gets a little uh, discombobulated, and you saw that against LSU. Raging Cajuns head coach, Matt Deggs, really appreciate him taking the time yesterday to to sit down with me and and preview the the App State series and just kind of have a conversation about the team as a whole. Fifteen games left. This season's gone by very quickly. Uh, Fifteen games left. Coach Deggs yesterday talked about he wants to win ten of the last fifteen. That's you know that's the goal for for this club here in twenty twenty two. Winning ten of fifteen. I'd like to win all of them, and, you know, I think that's got to be your mindset, right? Uh, I don't know. It's a good question, right? I don't know what that magic number is. It's For us and the position that we've put ourselves in, uh, and some of that's a product of our schedule, uh, wins aren't going to be the thing for us. It's going to be metrics. And, uh, you know, I still believe we can win this conference. I truly do. And if you win this league, being ranked five, that's going to be a shoe win. Uh, and then obviously you have the option of winning the tournament. Uh, if neither of those work out, then we're, and I hate using this word, we're a metrics team. Louisiana Ridge and Cajuns will travel to Boone, North Carolina to take on App State in a three-game set this weekend, 5 o'clock Friday, 2 o'clock Saturday, and then 12 noon on Sunday, May 1st. We'll take a time out when we return here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. We'll go to the other side of the basin. We'll go to Baton Rouge, apparently my favorite place, to discuss the LSU spring game. And we have audio from the head coach of the Tigers, Brian Kelly. And then 5.30 to the Moon Tuesdays with Apollo Dez from Apollo HOU. Here on the game, 103.7 Lafayette, 104.1 Lake Charles. It is Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. 
April 26, 2018. Oklahoma quarterback Baker Mayfield is drafted by the Cleveland Browns with the top overall pick of the NFL draft. A total of four quarterbacks are taken in the top ten, a first in NFL history. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Today, not tomorrow, not yesterday, not next week. Today is the day that you join the game clubhouse. Not only is it free to join, but you will get the chance to enter to win tremendous free gifts, like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse. Now, the only way to get that gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse is by becoming a member of the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. So, James, tell the folks when they need to go sign up. Today, right here, right now, unless you are driving. Today, Junior. Uh. Right now. When if you're driving, look, here's the here's the deal. When you get to a red light, and Lafayette, the red light's along, you got time. When you get to a red light, grab your phone, 1037thegame.com. There you go. Quick, easy, and you might be able to go get you a delicious steak dinner. Because I've never been to Mr. Lester's, but I have seen pictures of their steaks, and good God almighty, I want to go. I would love to eat there. I'd love to go gamble a little bit, too, to be honest. That that sounds like a fun Saturday night, if you ask me. Now, can I afford to gamble? God, no. God, no. Do I want to anyway? Yeah. A little bit. That's why I stick to sports betting. Do a dollar here, a dollar there, and it doesn't hurt me if I lose. <laughs> it doesn't bother me if I lose, but I still get the thrill and excitement. I'm not addicted. I swear, I don't have a problem. <laughs> I love teaching Ray new things. Wait, I he because right now we do have the new get we, to know the game out. We do, and James and I are struggling. So we, we were told to like and share it on our personal social media. Which we shared. We we retweeted. Share it, right. I can't like it. I right can't now. like it. And and Hannah's like, well, I liked it. Whoa, whoa, I'm sorry. Breaking news. Oh. The president of the NCAA, Mark Emmerich, mm-hmm. is stepping down. Oh. Wow. That's big. Effective June 2023. Today, NCAA Board of Governors Chair John D. Gianna announced a mutual agreement with the board that Mark Emmert would be stepping down as president of the NCAA. He will continue to serve in his new role in his role until a new president is selected and in place on or until June 30th of 2023. Throughout my tenure, I've emphasized the need to focus on the experience and priorities of student athletes, said Emmert. I am extremely proud of the work of the association over the last 12 years and especially pleased with the hard work and dedication of the national office staff here in Indianapolis. That's massive because a lot of people don't like Mark Emmert. Are we getting positive change? Hopefully. Wow. I I did not expect to see that across my Twitter timeline today. Did not because... You know, we, we've interviewed Ben Upton on this show before. 
somebody the reason I saw it is because somebody tagged Ben in it and said, I nominate at Ben Upton for NCAA president. And that's that's how I, I saw it. I would have never seen it as quickly as I did if that wasn't the case. Wow. That oh man, that's unreal. Absolutely unreal. And it's it's crazy because almost a full year ago, the NCAA extended Mark Emmert to twenty twenty five. And now he's stepping down? What happened? Something had to have happened if he's stepping down two years early. That's crazy. That's crazy. Anyways, back to the the get to know the game post. It's always fun to to talk about these and and share them with everybody. Today's or this week's post was what was your first professional what was the first sporting event that you attended? So five names said that her first professional sports game was a New Orleans Zephyrs game in 2009, but that her first major league game was this past weekend. She got to go to an Astros game with her fiancé. Very interesting experience that that they had this weekend. James, has she told you the story of what went down in Houston this weekend? No, I don't oh, think so. It's she. She had an experience, to to say the least. I, I can't share it on air, but <laughs> okay. it, it, she had an experience to say the least. Uh, my first event that I attended was Louisiana Ice Skaters uh, when I was a when I was a child. My mom worked for Enterprise, and she got season tickets through her job because Enterprise was one of the sponsors for the Ice Skaters. So I can remember like two to three nights a week going to Ice Skaters games as like a three year old. And that was a lot of fun. Uh, I even have a picture with the Stanley Cup somewhere in my house. Uh, and yes, the Stanley Cup was taller than me, than my little three-year-old self. A lot, a lot taller than me. Still cool, though. I mean, Stanley Cup, coolest trophy in sports. It is the only trophy. It is one of the only trophies in sports where... So, like, instead of keeping the trophy... Because, like, with the Super Bowl, they just make a new trophy every year, right? The Stanley Cup, they don't do that. They add a ring to it every year or every so many years because they engrave every player that's ever won the Stanley Cup. Their name is engraved on the cup. So if you want something to put in your trophy case as an NHL franchise, you have a smaller replica made that gets put in your trophy case because you can't keep the real deal. Um, it gets it gets passed around the league every year, but man, yeah, Stanley Cup, coolest trophy in sports. Clint Domang, first professional game I ever inten- attended was Astros and Giants at the Astrodome. God, Clint, you're that old. The Astrodome? They haven't played in the Astrodome since '99. I don't remember much of the game, but I do remember the trip to Astro World after, and then. Raymond the III writing out a, a novel for, for his. I went on vacation with my grandmother to Chicago. My uncle had season tickets to the Cubs. The seats at Wrigley Field were right behind the third base dugout. I could lay my hand on it, which was an all-time moment for me. I even got an autograph from Sean Bosky, 
No idea who that is. Uh, back in August of 1992. He got to see Greg Maddox. Wow, that's cool. So that's just a, a taste of, of what's in the article. If you want to read the rest, you can head to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com and look up Get to Know the Game. Let's take a peek at the poll question of the day here on this Tuesday. Will the Pelicans take a 3-2 series lead tonight over the Suns? 60% say yes, 35% say no, and then I've got 5% still saying, who cares? So do the math. That's one out of 20. One person says, who cares? Call in. Tell us why you... Why, do, why don't you care? Why do you hate the Pelicans? would love to know. 337-706-0111. Let's take a time out when we return to the moon Tuesdays. Just wait until y'all hear this intro. It's solid. Apollo HOU joins us next here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. They could debate who should win the MVP, but they'd rather argue who has the best hair in sports talk radio. We just wash the hair. You know, I work on my hair a long time, and you, and you hit it. It hits my hair. Now back to more of the stylish crunch time with Miguez and Mash here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The LSU Tigers will look to make it five straight when it travels to New Orleans tonight for a midweek game against the UNO Privateers. First pitch is set for 6.30, and you can and it can be heard live right here on the game. The Houston Astros, meanwhile, will look to bounce back from Monday's loss to the Rangers in tonight's game in Arlington at 7.05. And you can hear that one on our sister station, News Talk 98.5. Welcome back to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh, Matt Miguez, James Mesh. Houston Astros falling to the Texas Rangers 6-2 last night. They'll look to bounce back tonight, 7.05 first pitch once again at Globe Life Field in Arlington. Jake Odorizzi going on the mound for the Astros, sitting at 0-2 on the year with a 9-even ERA. Can that ERA get lower? Can the Astros get back above 500? Let's talk about it. Let's go to the moon. Fly me to the moon. That's driven deep to left center field. Garner is going back. Looking out. See you later. See you later. Astros headed back to the World Series. Miquez and Nash are ready to launch into all things Houston Astros. Here is to the moon on Crunch Time with Miquez and Nash. God, that's awesome. That is, that's that might be one of the best benchmark imaging that we have we have gotten on this show. Let's go to the moon with Apollo Des from Apollo Hou. Des, good afternoon, my man. How are you? What's up, brother man? I'm good. How are you? Doing well. I'm doing well, man. You know, well let's let's start with the game last night, six to two. At one point in the sixth, the Astros had a two run lead after that Kyle Tucker RBI single. But then you give up, you give up two in the seventh, and then a three-run double in the eighth 
to seal the deal for the Rangers? You know, just walk us through what went wrong last night. Yeah, I think the team's just snake bit right now. Um, that's just how baseball goes sometimes. And when the offense isn't hitting and there's good pitching, we saw Framber kind of just do a simple Framber start, right? Just get into trouble, get out of trouble. And you're sitting there like, how do how they only have one run and how are we winning this ball game? And then you have, you know, Tucker finally figuring out the play where hits are falling his way now. And you think the Astros are going to put up a crooked number and they don't. And then all of a sudden, chaos happens. The bullpen, uh, the two rookies just kind of were thrown in the fire, and, uh, and you and you drop one, and it and it stinks right now because you've been dropping some. So um, last night was just, uh, I think, a little compound compound interest, compound effect of uh, what's happened over the last week or so. The Rangers winning four of their last five. They're going to look to make it five of six tonight. You know, Jaco Derizzi. 0 for two on the year seems like he is he's struggling a little bit here in the early going. How can you know Dusty Baker and and the pitching coaches really get him right to where he can maybe string together some wins for this club? Yeah, I think the the thing that looms large right is uh, is Jake Oder is he is he the odd man out when this. 33 games in 34 days is up. Um, Christian Javier is there. We, we've seen him pitch time and time again, and we just haven't seen the results from Jake Odorizzi. And uh, I feel for the guy. I, I think we saw it last year, you know, the, the media questions, the fan base questions kind of got to him. And he, he kind of showed his hand when he said, you know, I heard, I heard some things, and, you know, I've been working on it and stuff like that. And um, for his sake and, and the, the fan base sake, I hope he bounces back tonight. I think he does. I think we can see six innings out of him. We need six innings out of him because he only went two thirds last week. Uh, it cannot be worse than what it was. But um, he's a professional pitcher for a reason. I, I think that once he gets a couple outs established, hopefully the Ashes can hang a number and he can just relax a little bit because he's definitely pressing up, a, up a, on the mound. Chat with Apollo Des of Apollo HOU here on To the Moon Tuesdays. All right, man, talk to me about Jeremy Pena because I, I, I follow you on social media and you have just been loving this kid. Uh, three home runs so far early on. You know, is, is he living up to to Dez's hype so far? Yeah. Um, so I, I think I think the big thing, right, is, is the ghost of Carlos Correa, the revisionist history of Carlos Correa. I think we saw it a little bit when, you know, Painted booted that ball last night, and you know we saw some chirps about you know Carlos would never would have done that. But um, overall, this guy is just the real deal, and I, we we were very lucky and fortunate to go to spring training. Um, we got to talk to people, and I, and I said on the show before we talked to some coaches, some people in the front office, members of the team, and they would not just stop raving about Jeremy Pena. They almost in the sense that he was running for office. It was just like the perfect, <laughs> the perfect kid, the perfect candidate he was saying all the right things doing all the right things and it it's came over and shown to his play I, I think um i think he's going to be his own guy his own player he's not going to be carl Gray. he's going to be jeremy Pena, and i think that's, that's special and i think having a, a father that plays in the show um is a big thing that's kind of being overlooked a bit uh, he, he knows how to um carry himself as a big leaguer uh, he knows you know the ins and outs to a degree, uh, with his dad playing in the show, so I, I think I think he's going to be the real deal, and I, he's definitely lived up to my standards. I, I, I'm excited for him. I'm excited to watch him play every night. Yeah, he he's been electric to see, and 
you know, just the the enthusiasm and the energy that he plays with is definitely infectious. Des, one one thing I want to touch on, you know, Michael Brantley is, is leading the team in average with three eleven. He he's doing what he does. Kyle Tucker's getting timely hits now, struggling a little bit. He's he's kind of doing what you expected. Alex Bregman hitting the ball, bringing runs in. Jordan Alvarez leading the team in home runs. The one guy that doesn't seem to be doing, you know, kind of what's expected of him is Jose Altuve. 167 at the plate. He's six for 36 on the year. He's only got one home run and three RBIs. You know, what? What what's different about Altuve so far in the early going than than you know in in recent years? Yeah, so the the one thing that comes to my mind um, is maybe he had a hamstring issue before that hamstring actually fired off. Uh, maybe he was kind of overcompensating his swing, and and I don't know. This is all speculation, but maybe you know he was just he was fighting through it a bit, and uh, before that that hamstring tied up on him, so. Um, Look, at the end of the day, water is going to find its level. These guys, are, they've been doing it for dang near a decade. So I'm not, I'm not worried um, to an extent. I think the team goes, Altuve goes, and it's evident by um, the struggles on the, on the beginning of the season with him struggling. So um, I think that this team is, is the same team we just saw in the World Series not many months ago, and I'm, I'm not worried yet. It's still April. Uh, we just need him to come back healthy. I don't. I hope they don't push him. Um, hamstrings are tough. We saw it with uh, Bregman over the last few years, right? It just kind of lingers, and it's always there. So I really hope they get uh, Altuve right before they try to force him back in this lineup. Yeah, I was just about to ask you what what's the in, what's the latest? I saw that he 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 did some infield practice before last night's game, and then I read that he ran a little bit on Sunday. <laughs> What, what do you think the timeline is? Could we see him this week, or do you think it's more of a next week type thing? Yeah, I think I think the last report I saw from Tags, uh, Brian McTaggart, it looked like Friday was going to be a day that he could be activated. Um, obviously, they, the video of him running around and, and all he did on the turf was was pretty good uh, indicator. I kind of worry that. Um, look, Jose Altuve is the, the heart soul of the Astros team and has been since he came up. And so uh, I just I, I just hope that they they ease him along, or it's not a rush thing. But from the videos and everything they posted, it looked like he was you know his regular self out there running around and you know smiling and being the goofy L two that he uh, always is. A few more for you, Des. You know, looking at the the Astros this year as as a whole, hitting has definitely been a a, a big thing. For, for this team in, in years past. But again, you know, it kind of seems like the bats are, are struggling a little bit outside of a couple of players. What are you guys seeing, and, and what do you think could could be the cause of that? Do you think it's just early season jitters? Do you think the lockout's got an effect on it with the lack of spring training? What do you think it is? Yeah, I think it's a little mixture of, of both of those. Um, I definitely feel like the Astros really, you know, didn't play their starters um, a lot during spring training. It seemed like they were kind of easing them in. So kind of, kind of they're now kind of supposed to be getting in this group now. Um, maybe, you know, there, there's a big thing that people overlook. The Astros have been playing into late October, November for the last four or five years. That adds up 
to the guys. A lot of guys are already in Cancun, you know, by the end of at the end of September. Uh, these guys have been playing extended season, a quick turnaround, and and they're back, you know, at, at spring training. So um, I think that's a, a a little wear and tear lining up on that. But the other thing too, and the offense is just kind of down across the league, and it has me wondering if the, if the ball's just dead right now. We you know we saw the story about the ball being juiced, the ball being dead, and Major League Baseball kind of manipulating all that. So I think there's just um, I think it's a perfect storm of bad offense right now. It's, it's bad approaches. Uh, we're not stringing hits together. Uh, I don't know how many times we've stranded a runner on second base to to ready start this season off, but um, I just think it's a perfect storm of just really bad offense that we'll we'll get out of it. It's baseball. It's 162. It, it'd be it's physically impossible to see this over 162. So. Um, this right now, we just kind of take our medicine and fight through it a bit. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. Apollo Des joining us from the Apollo HOU Network on To the Moon Tuesday. Des, look, where can where can listeners find your stuff? You know, the merch, the great merch, the the podcast. You know, where can people go to to hunt this kind of stuff down? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, ApolloHOU.com or Apollo HOU across all socials on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Um, we're on all the platforms, and uh, like you said, the merch that we've uh, been able to work with the guys directly—it's it's something that um, is, is something that is really, really cool. And you can talk with the players directly, and like, "Hey, we have this vision. You have this vision," and then to see that come to fruition and, and go to print is awesome. So um, you can check that all out there, and then all the content that we uh, produce as well. Fantastic, Des. Appreciate you taking the time, and uh, we'll talk to you next week, my friend. Absolutely, thanks, bro. Tune in next week for another edition of To The Moon here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. It's the train. It's the train that gets me. The The home run train, for the, that, that is, that's what sells it for me. It's, uh, it's so fantastic. Let's take a time out, and when we come back, we'll get you set up for all of tonight's legendary sporting events, and we'll get you ready for a wacky Wednesday here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. It is Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The guys here in the game dugout love baseball. It was the game that was passed down to them by their fathers. Hey, Dad... catch I'd like that not all of them had such heartwarming moments this guy threw at his own kid in a father's son game now back to more baseball talk here on the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles Southwest Louisiana's sports station oh yeah Welcome back to Crunch Time with me, guys, and Mesh here on the game 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles in the Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. James Mesh, listen to this. There's a CBS sports reporter by the name of Adam Sheen or Shine, or I don't, I guess Shine because the name of his show is Time to Shine. Kind of clever. Kind of clever. How's it spelled? S-C-H-E-I-N. Shine. Yeah, it'd be shine. Okay. Okay, so clever name, time to shine, whatever. He thinks that the Jaguars must draft Aiden Hutchinson. 
Where do you stand on that? I personally think Aiden should go first. That's just me. It Like he said, sometimes it's a lot easier than you think it is. Sometimes you just got to take the best, the, probably the best player overall. And to me, I get it. Aiden Hutchinson, he has some limitations. Everybody does. Yeah. <laughs> nobody, nobody's a perfect prospect. But never heard anything about bad about him off the field. So as far as you know, there's no, there's no legal issues you would have to worry about. There's nothing of maybe domestic violence or anything like that. There's nothing of him like robbing a bank or stealing crab legs or anything like that. He's put up the stats. He He's said broke. he doesn't steal crab legs. I'm sorry, I just got that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love you, Jameis. Don't worry about it. But he he's put up the numbers. He's broken school records. He's got nice tape. Oh, he's fantastic. He's a fantastic. He, and, he, and he's got and he's got he's got nice speed. He's got yep. good power, and he's got really good measurables. And he has good timing as an edge rusher. So it feels like that. Not to mention when you think of number one overall picks, it feels like Aiden Hutch, Hutchinson as like a name. Sounds like oh, that's yeah. a number one overall pick name. It feels like Trayvon Walker would be more of a five or lower name like that be like oh he sounds like he went like seventh overall but for Aiden Hutchinson's sake who wants to go to Jacksonville I mean well no one wants to other than the fact that it's a nice vacation spot it is a nice vacation spot and they have a pool at the stadium but like but like other than that play there yeah no god I mean you're guaranteed one win a year a year because you play the Colts at home and for some reason, that's always... That's the Colts kryptonite. The, the Colts kryptonite is, ja- is playing Jacksonville. in Jacksonville. Nope, not at all. They can't do it. So they're guaranteed one win, so... God, that's awful. Did you see C.J. McCollum's quote on his relationship with New Orleans? Did you see that? No, I did not. He was asked about his relationship with New Orleans, and he said, I'm not going nowhere. I'm here. Yeah. Where am I going to go? Exactly. What am I leaving for? He said, I want to retire here. Ooh. He said, when you have something good like this, you hold on to it no matter what. I like the way he thinks. What a guy. What a nice, what a, I need, what I a need great a, guy. I need a CJ McCollum jersey in my life. Now I I feel like I got to buy one now. I need one in my life. It's a bad thing that we get paid this week because, <laughs> especially if they win the series. Oh, man, I might have to call. I don't know. You know what I'm thinking? I might I'm have a, to do it. You know what I'm, I'm going to start doing? Love, love CJ. He's been great so far. Love that B.I.'s grown, but I'm gonna start. I'm just gonna start getting like my own personal jerseys. I'll, I want one. I like, want to make my like, own personal like, jersey. I did that actually with one of my hoodies. It's a Celtics mm-hmm. custom hoodie, and on the back it says "Mesh well, and 15, like like a so, the jersey style, but so it's I a get, hoodie. I get what you're saying because you buy a guy's jersey and then he leaves, right? Yeah. Well, here's here's the cool thing: if you're buying it for the player itself. You can always have it whenever he switches teams. American Express partnered with the NBA store, and they have jersey assurance. Where, if, say, CJ McCollum gets traded. Yeah, but like if, if he goes to like the Kings or something, well, I'm I, not going to want to have a Kings CJ McCollum jersey. I only want either Pelicans or Celtics jerseys. Right. That's the thing. Well, and that's a completely different conundrum because I'm not as... 
player focus. If if he if he leaves, you just keep it for the memories. You keep it for the good times that CJ gave New Orleans. That's, I guess. I mean, that's all I, I still have a Jimmy Graham jersey. Oh, yeah. Rest in peace <laughs> to his career. It really has. It really hasn't been that good since LSU has dropped their starting lineup for tonight's game against UNO. Josh Pearson will hit leadoff. Dylan Cruz will bat second. Jacob Berry will bat third. Cade Doty will bat fourth. Trey Morgan fifth. Braden Jobear sixth. Jordan Thompson seventh. Luke Leto will bat eighth. Hayden Travinsky will bat ninth. And Ty Floyd will be on the mound. That'll do it for this episode of Crunch Time with me, and Mesh. Big thanks to head coach Matt Deggs and Apollo Dez from Apollo HOU for his weekly segment, To the Moon, Tuesdays. Tomorrow, we'll talk some STM softball and we've got another new segment for you. Tomorrow's a Who Dat Wednesday. We're going to chop it up with some Saints with our guy Brendan Ertle. Be safe, be well. Hug your mom and them. For James Mesh, I'm Matt Miguez. This is The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. See you all tomorrow.